In this week's episode, we will cover the twisted story of The Candyman and the murder of Timothy O'Brien. Thanks for being here and welcome back to the It Gets Worse podcast where we talk about true crime, mysteries, and real life scaries. I'm Carissa. And I'm Anthony. And today we are bringing you a very special Halloween themed episode. Dun dun dun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's October 1st, which means it's the first day of Halloween. (laughs) Uh, I love Halloween and all things fall. October is arguably the best month of the whole year, and you can try to change my mind, but you can't. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I thought that we should get into the spooky spirit as soon as possible, so why wait any longer? It's time. So before we get into the deets of today's episode, I wanted to let you know how grateful we are for all of you who are listening to this. Um, in previous episodes, I wrote precious episodes, <laughs> but sure, they're precious previous episodes. Um, but your support, it just validates like the hard work and all the time it takes to, to make these episodes possible. Um, and I wanted to remind you that if you are enjoying these podcasts, you can rate us on Apple podcasts. So if you give us a little review, or if you don't want to write any words, but you just want to give us some stars, five stars is appreciated. This will help others find our podcasts. Um, and it might land us some sponsorships in the future. Yeah. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Are you excited for a Halloween-themed episode? I am. I can't wait to hear all about it. Cool. So, uh, we talk a lot about Halloween candy in this episode. Um, so before we bring you all down with a terrible story, let's just, you know, make light of our own Halloween traditions while we were growing up. Um, first, what's your, what's your favorite Halloween candy? I feel like that's way too hard to, like, narrow down. So, Um, okay, just think about being a kid, and which one did you hoard? Like, did you eat first? Um, probably, like, pixie sticks, for sure. Like, top top of the list. Do you know what the story's about? No. Oh, my God. But, (laughs) I just got chills. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I can't, like, now, anytime I, like, try to eat sweets, I, like, instantly feel like shit and regret it. So, like... (laughs) I can only, like, do so much, but when I was a kid, like, yeah, just that pure sugar, like... Just snort those and a straw, sticks. yeah, pretty much. I might as well, like, those. And also, like, sweet tarts and lemon heads, I think. Okay, so I'm you were, like, a like, sweet over and sour. Chocolate. I mean, like, yeah. I, like, I love my chocolate, too, but I have to be, like, in the right mood for it. Yeah, that's funny, because I would always make sure I had all the Reese's in one pile, my Reese's mm-hmm. peanut butter cups, and then I ate all of them first, and then I would, like, sneak into my sister's basket, and we would, like, lay all our candy out, and I'd be like, you don't like these? <laughs> like, these have, pe- ew, peanut butter, and then I would eat them. Like, try and convince it was just her a to trick. get rid of them. So I'm definitely team chocolate. Yeah. And, um, also Starburst, but I would only eat the red and pink ones. Oh. Because those are the only Yeah, screw ones, the yellow ones. Nobody likes those. Yellow ones are alright, but orange, <laughs> orange, like, at the bottom of the list for me. Do they have green Starburst? Not, like, the regular. They have, like, oh, different yeah. those flavors Those are, like, now. bougie Starburst? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, if you want to get in on this very interesting conversation, tell us what your favorite Halloween candy is on our Instagram. I really want to know. Are you, like, a sweet and sour kind of guy, like Anthony is? Or are you all about the peanut butter cups? 
Um, so what kind of traditions did you have growing up as a kid, like on Halloween? Um, did you have any? I mean, my, like, my dad, like, really always got into it with, like, the decorating and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, he would always get, like, dry ice from work to make, oh. make it, like, super foggy and stuff. And, like, nice. uh, we'd always, like, decorate the yard and have, like, the fake spider webs and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just, like, going out trick-or-treating and stuff. Usually, like, uh, my mom would take us out because my dad liked to, like, pass out candy and, like, um, just, like see like the kids costumes yeah. and stuff he's very um, spirited yeah, when it comes is. to holidays he likes that stuff yeah totally I mean, if you ever seen our house for christmas you know he's, oh. he's about that life. yeah i can't wait to see their house for yeah. halloween Presley too i mean all of, all of their kids are pretty much almost out of the house but you know they're still gonna like do something oh, yeah, special totally. for it it's, so i mean like they've like always like done it for us too but also just like everybody else in our neighborhood and mm-hmm. stuff like i remember there was like a kid a couple doors down from us when we lived in edgewood and like he was like autistic i think but like he loved to like just come over and like look at the lights and stuff during that's Christmas the best stuff. so yeah. yeah like he always does it for everyone yeah that's, that's really awesome that is awesome um i had sort of a tradition i guess you could say um every halloween it was normally on a school night yeah, you know, I feel like it always. And is. for a couple years in uh, elementary school, we used to get the whole day off. I don't think I've ever got. I don't know how it worked out. I don't even think I've gotten half a day off. I don't know how it worked year. out, but it was either like we got the day off or we got half the day off. Like we did our little Halloween parade mm-hmm. in the morning, and then we went home after lunch. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it was always like we might as well have had the day off. Yeah, because we're not paying any attention. Class, like you yeah, would always have like a Halloween party. Yeah, or something, but which like, is we fun. Never, we still had to like go. Yeah. <laughs> pretend to learn <laughs> yeah pretend like we were valuing our yeah. education anyways after school or no school we'd pretty much me and my sister would hang out um my mom would normally like she would normally make dinner because halloween you know you're no, like yeah. out late with the kids so she either like order pizza or There's we'd no go through like mcdonald's drive through which mm-hmm. was like a big deal because my mom was the mom that was like we have food at home but the second you were like but mom mcdonald's she'd be like she'd be like i'll get a quarter pounder with fries (laughs) and a coke like that was her order Mm -hmm. when she ate meat still but anyways uh, that's funny like we all like don't even have these experiences anymore i know (laughs) we don't eat burgers anymore (laughs) uh so yeah we'd get like takeout and then we'd watch disney channel like the halloween movies for a couple Mm -hmm. hours until my stepdad got home and by that time it was like dark and spooky and yeah we put our like we'd blast this halloween soundtrack in our garage and leave the garage cracked while we went out trick-or-treating mm-hmm. we'd like leave a bowl out so we never really were out for a long time not not really past like nine but as soon as we'd get back we'd like get in our pajamas and then we'd like dump our stash yeah and my mom always checked our candy did mm-hmm. your mom check your candy yeah my parents always kind of like give it like a once it. over yeah yeah did you get anything weird ever when you went trick-or-treating um i mean you always have like those people just hand out random shit like it's like pretzels or like just okay. like something but completely nothing, random. Nothing super weird nothing, no just just so oddballs. one year i remember getting a whole walnut like shell oh. and all yeah, this was way before i knew i was allergic to walnuts know. i was like probably like six or seven it still is super random. and i remember dumping the bag and being like is this a rock and my mom was like <laughs> i was like no honey that's a walnut just throw it away <laughs> yeah that's that's super uh, yeah 
Well, the fear of tainted candy is very real, obviously, and parents all over the nation have been chucking their kids' candy for decades. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of common sense. Yeah, and we've seen tons of articles about ecstasy and razor blades, needles, just about everything horrible being inside Mm -hmm. kids' candy. Um, Even the whole, like, tanks and cars and stuff. Yeah. I've seen those memes. (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i bet you didn't know that most of those stories are all myths really yeah i mean i could like kind of see like it wouldn't surprise me people did those things yeah well i'll tell you why it's uh created a lot of paranoia over the years one of these stories is going to contribute to that okay so uh we're going to share the story that sparked paranoia over this very tainted candy we're talking about all over again in 1974. A story that still haunts people and parents every October. On October 31st, 1974, the O'Brien family, Ronald was the dad. His wife was Daneen, I think her name is Daneen, that's how you say it. They had a son, Timothy, he was eight, and a daughter, Elizabeth, she was five. So on Halloween, they all sat down for dinner uh, with their neighbors, the Bates family. So there was Jim Bates, the dad, his wife, unnamed. And I don't have their children's names. I don't know why. <laughs> they are never named in these articles. They only care that we know Jim's name. Right. It's pretty insignificant, though, so don't remember him. Uh, the children, you know, they're super excited. They can't hardly contain themselves. They they know they're about to go trick-or-treating after dinner. Um, so they're restless. And when they finish up, Ronald O'Brien takes his two kids, Timothy and Elizabeth, along with Jim's ba- Jim Bates and his one son. So his daughter decided to stay behind with okay. the moms. Um, and the kids and the dads went out on their trek to go trick-or-treating. So on this particular Halloween night, it was wet and rainy. Um, so total bummer. And they're in the south, so it's just humid, hot, and it rainy. Um, even though it's October, it's freaking hot all the time there. Um, I can't imagine <laughs> celebrating any holidays in the Yeah, no. <laughs> we kind of skipped those when we lived there. Anyways, not about us. <laughs> so it was kind of a bummer, uh, but instead of calling the whole night off, they decided that they would only take the kids around two blocks near their house before uh, going back inside. So they weren't like, ah, oh, screw it, the weather's bad. Because you know the kids would have been yeah. like, Dad! So <laughs> they were like, all right, we'll go down two blocks. Just make it quick. Yeah, they got to get something. So the kids are going door to door collecting candy from their neighbors saying trick or treat, you know, all that good stuff. And I was curious, what kind of candy was popular in 1974? So I looked it up. So I got Laffy Taffy. It's pretty popular. Um, I guess it was at its height in 1970s. Uh, Pop Rocks. Also super good. Fizzy Zots with a Z. Zots. Uh, Which I looked up. They honestly look like warheads. Mm. Um, they're packaged just like warheads. Oh. It's so funny. Like, I don't know if the warheads were a thing <laughs> then, but, um, two and one blow pops, like the gum and the lollipop, oh, yeah, those are you know, fun dip and pixie mm. sticks were all very popular. Like all my favorite candies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're so retro. So the group comes to a house on one of these blocks with no lights on, which is normally an indicator to skip it. Yeah. You don't hang. You know what I mean. That's pretty much like all right. Nobody's home or a uh, spooky. Ew! I'm not going up there. Uh, but they try to knock, of course, so they can get their candy. But no one answers. Ronald tells the kids to run along to the next house, and he'd be right behind them. 
So the kids run along and go knock on the next uh, neighbor's house. And a short while later, Ronald approaches the kids with some candy in hand from the last house. He said a man finally did answer the door after they ran off and gave him a handful of five giant pixie sticks for the children. He was waving the candy around saying some rich neighbors gave them some expensive treats, which is honestly the best. Do you remember coming upon a house when you didn't just get fun size candy? Like, yeah. If you got the full size, it was the awesome thing. It was, like, awesome. If you got the king size, you were like, I'm just going to retire right now. (laughs) So it was like Christmas for them. They were stoked. And he gave his two kids each one pixie stick, Timothy and Elizabeth. And then he also gave one to the son of Jim Bates. um, And then one for Jim to give to the daughter that stayed back. Um, And he had one extra, and he gave it to a child that they knew from church. He was a 10-year-old boy. He was just, like, talking to them on their way back home. Mm -hmm. So he was like, hey, have a pixie stick. Happy Halloween. So the trick-or-treating finished, and the O'Brien children got ready for bed. And Mr. O'Brien told his children they could each have a piece of candy um, before they went to bed. (laughs) I'm like, one piece? That's it? They just went out in the rain, and they get one piece. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god do you know how many pieces of candy i used to eat before i knocked out on halloween night all of them all (laughs) every of the candies um so they said or mr o'brien said you can pick which piece of candy you want uh timothy couldn't resist picking the giant pixie stick of course not of course not it's like this big old pixie it wasn't like the little baby ones you get in like goodie bags at school parties it was Mm -hmm. like the giant like Yeah. yeah it was full um probably the worst thing for him to eat right before he goes to bed because he's probably not going to be able to sleep in general like now that i think of him like how did i like just destroy i know you probably just like knocked him back stomach's gonna explode yeah turn inside out yeah totally so um he tore off the staple at the top which he didn't think was odd uh and you know ate it he enjoyed it but at first he complained that it tasted bitter um, so his dad got him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash away any bitter taste left. Just nothing but Kool-Aid and pixie stick. I know, this is kid's dream. I know. After a few minutes, Timothy complained of a stomach ache and began vomiting profusely. Oh. And after many heaves and Mr. O'Brien holding his body up, he felt Timothy go limp. It was so bad that Mrs. O'Brien called an ambulance, but unfortunately, Timothy died en route to the hospital less than an hour after eating oh, the pixie wow. sticks and the Kool-Aid. So it literally happened so yeah, fast. that's crazy. So then, of course, the community goes crazy. Parents are frantic. Stories spread throughout the nation after a couple of days, and people were vowing to literally cancel Halloween forever. Like, yeah, crazy. All the parents in the O'Brien neighborhood and local communities confiscated their children's candy. How devastating. Those kids probably have no idea what's going on. I know. And uh, turned it into the Pasadena Police Department for further testing. So they hand over all their kids' candy. After reviewing Timothy's last moments alive and what he'd eaten, investigators decide that they need to find out what exactly was in the pixie stick that was ingested and resulted in Timothy's death. They also find out that the autopsy reports on Timothy's body showed that the pixie stick he consumed was actually laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Whoa. Investigators try to track down the other four pixie sticks um, before any other children became sick, and they recover all of them but one at first. 
they had trouble finding the last one that was with the 10 year old boy that they knew from church mm-hmm. uh, police finally track down the boy's house and tell his mother about the possible poison candy and she tells them that her son actually wanted to eat that pixie stick last night, the night before. But she said, no, he'd have to wait until the next day. Uh, she showed them the candy bag that he got from Halloween night, but the pixie stick was missing. Frantically, she's like, oh my God, like yeah. runs up to his room, busts the door down. He's actually sleeping, but the pixie stick is unopened in oh, his shit. hand. He had fallen asleep. Uh, trying to open it. So there was like the staple on the top that Mm -hmm. was such a big staple. He wasn't strong enough to get it with his hand. Uh And he just got so tired and bored of it all, he fell asleep. Wow. So. Super lucky. Oh, yeah. That was a miracle he didn't eat it, especially Mm -hmm. because he was trying to. Yeah. Um, And luckily, none of the other children had ingested any of the pixie sticks. After some testing, it was determined that the candy Timothy had eaten had enough cyanide to poison two adults, and the other four had enough to poison three to four adults. Yeah. And that the top two inches of the pixie stick was cyanide inside the wrapper, with a staple sealing it off at the end. So, detectives are like, okay, uh, let's go to the parents. They were obviously with them when they were trick-or-treating. Maybe they can figure out where these pixie sticks came from. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim Bates is like, I wasn't there, but, um, you know, O'Brien got them from that house. They didn't see it happen, right? So detectives ask um, Ronald O'Brien where he got the candy from, and the dad, you know, he wasn't much help. First, he kept saying, oh, I don't know what home it was. And then it was, oh, I don't know which street it was on. But they only trick-or-treated on two streets. So yeah. it really didn't take that long. I mean, if you th- if you think about I, mean, I don't know how many houses are on the two streets. But even if you went to three or four streets, you know which streets you went to. Well, yeah, you don't just like, forget if it's your neighborhood. Yeah, and then it's like you would like remember where you got these like giant normal yeah, candy compared yeah. to everything else exactly so super sketch about it um he said that he never saw the person that handed them the him the, the pixie sticks and all he could see was an arm which he would later describe as hairy that's about the most descriptive he was at first was like oh i saw this hairy arm peek out the door and hand me pixie sticks right. okay so let's just say that was true um would you still take it know. no that's so sketchy finally the police department says Look, Ronald, your son just died, and you don't seem very concerned about where this poisonous candy was from. Um, And basically shook him up a little bit. So they take him out again into the neighborhood for Ronald O'Brien to show them the house. And he points to this house he got the pixie sticks from. Um, And it is the same home that they stopped at. Okay. The home belonged to a man named Courtney Melvin. The only problem with this story is that it couldn't have been Melvin at the door because Melvin was an air traffic controller at Hobby Airport and didn't get home from work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. His wife and daughter were home on Halloween night but had turned the lights off when they ran out of candy, which is why when the kids got there, Mm -hmm. the lights were off. Police ruled Melvin out as a suspect when nearly 200 people confirmed that Melvin was in fact at work. Yeah, exactly. And so they were like, okay, no. I mean, everyone he worked with, all of his um, probably subordinates and then all of his higher ups. Oh, yeah. Um, And if he's working at an Air Force. uh, Oh, it's an airport, not an Air Force base. Sorry. I got the face. Anyways, but there's a lot of tracking Mm -hmm. that has to be done for airport um, 
you know, people who work there. So now Ronald O'Brien is looking real suspicious. Yeah. Detectives decide they want to look into O'Brien and his history and learned that he recently ran into some financial trouble. Always the money. Always the money. Over the period of 10 years, Ronald had held over 21 jobs. Holy crap. 21 jobs. That's almost a job a month. Yeah. And he was either let go or fired over and over again over 10 years. <clears throat> he was in a total of $100,000 in debt at the time. He was suspected of theft at his job at Texas State Optical and was close to being fired. His car was about to be repossessed. And he de- defaulted on several bank loans and had the family home foreclosed on. Wow. Yeah, he was in deep shit. Yeah. Police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his children beginning 10 months prior. In January 1974, he had taken out $10,000 in life insurance policies for both of his children. One month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took out an additional $20,000 policies on both children. Despite the objections of his life insurance agency, they were like, okay, please don't do this. In the days preceding Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child. So the various policies totaled approximately $60,000. O'Brien's wife maintained she had no idea about these insurance policies on her children's lives. Okay. Probably because she didn't. Yeah. Um, police also learned that on the morning of Timothy's morning after Timothy's death, I'm sorry, O'Brien had called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son. He's, like, not even trying to, like, hide it. Oh, no. The next day, he's like, okay, so about this money that I took out? No, no, no. Other evidence pointing to O'Brien's involvement, including his community college professor recalling that O'Brien had asked him questions like, what's more lethal, cyanide or another type of poison? And everyone's like why would you ask that yeah i mean maybe you really need to know for some sort of project that you're doing but it goes further than that it seems like just a random question uh yeah especially because he was at community college at the time it wasn't like that question was Mm -hmm. asked like five years prior like he was taking classes okay it's very relevant but it goes further like i said his obsession with the poison continued outside the classroom too O'Brien wanted to know from an acquaintance familiar with cyanide how much it would take to kill someone, and a clerk at a Houston-area chemical company recalled that not long before Halloween, a man had come in to see about purchasing cyanide, but left when he found out he had to buy it in bulk. So they only sold it mm-hmm. in bulk, and the smallest amount was five pounds. And he was like, "Holy shit, nah. Yeah. Which is a, t- a ton of cyanide, yeah. Uh, the man from the store said he couldn't identify O'Brien, but he remembered that his customer was wearing a beige or blue smock like a doctor. O'Brien was an optician, and that was his exact uniform he wore to work. Wow. Um, Police suspected that O'Brien hid the laced candy in the sleeves of his raincoat on that Halloween night and removed them on the dark porch of that house with the lights off before making up a lie that they answered and catching up to the kids to hand them the pixie sticks. Ronald was never seen crying at the time of Timothy's death or at his funeral either, though he did give an emotional eulogy. He never shed a tear, which, okay, people can argue that everyone grieves differently, but if your child goes from excitedly eating a piece of candy Mm -hmm. to limp and deceased in your arms within an hour, yeah. His relatives told detectives that on the day of the funeral, he was talking about the long vacation he was planning and the items he wanted to purchase with the money from the insurance policies. Wow. Yeah. 
police were never able to confirm where or how O'Brien got the cyanide to poison the children, but they suspect he planned on poisoning five pixie sticks so it looked like it came from the neighborhood, and luckily no other children were poisoned. So instead of just doing two for his children and banking in $60,000, he was like, let's make it look like it came from a house. So it's... I mean, it's no question that it was premeditated. He has planned this out. He had planned this out at least since January when he took out Mm -hmm. insurance policies, which is wild. Um, And this deemed him the nickname of the Candyman. Ronald O'Brien maintained his innocence, though, even through his trial. He pleaded not guilty, and on June 3rd, 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Then the jury took 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Literally, as they said, you're guilty, she went up and filed for divorce. And I was thinking, I I was actually thinking um, when I was reading this part, I wonder if she believed this throughout his whole trial. Um, So I was wondering when I was reading that if... Maybe she was trying to file for a divorce way earlier, and they were just like, no, you just have to wait till the trial's over. Like, I don't know how that all goes down, but, um, like, minutes after he was uh, convicted, she went up and filed for divorce. Yeah, uh, I know, she- I think, like, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for, like, all states, but when someone's, like, been convicted for something, like, you can file for a divorce, and it, like, basically, like, instantly goes through, like, there's no, like, any of like the bullshit in between maybe that's why most people's most people who are married to people who get convicted of murder it's like immediate because it in most cases they have to go to court Mm -hmm. for divorce and something like this they're probably like yep this is fine yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's like that in every state but yeah it just like goes straight through yeah there's no waiting period so his then ex-wife danine later remarried her new husband and Uh, he ended up adopting Elizabeth as his own daughter. Nice. Yeah. Ronald's execution was scheduled, was rescheduled three times. He was almost the first inmate executed by lethal injection in the state of Texas until his date was rescheduled, um, for, uh, appeals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the last time he tried to appeal, the judge just immediately rejected him. And two days later, on March 31st, 1984, shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. In his final statement, O'Brien maintained his innocence, stating that he felt the death penalty was wrong. He added, quote, I forgive all, and I do mean all, those who have been involved in my death. God bless you all, and may God's best blessing be always yours, unquote. During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison and cheered while some yelled trick-or-treat, which, why? Like, stop. Others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. So people that were, like, against lethal injection were, like, getting candy thrown at them. It's always the public that just takes things too far, man. I just... Yeah. Um, But he did die. He was in prison for uh, almost... 10 years wow. on death row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no cases of strangers killing or permanently injuring children this way have been proven to date, like we were talking about in the mm-hmm. beginning. Commonly, the story appears in the media every year when a young child dies suddenly after Halloween that this candy was laced, there's poisonous candy or needles hidden in candy. But 
medical investigations into the actual cause of death Mm -hmm. have always shown that these children did not die from eating candy given to them by strangers. However, in rare cases, adult family members have spread this story in an effort to cover up murder or accidental deaths. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> it's so scary because every year you hear, like, freaking BuzzFeed put something out and, mm-hmm. like, you know, you hear on the news or in the newspapers to check your kid's candy, yeah. which is still important. Yeah, and you totally should. You totally should. <clears throat> um, uh, but, you know, I think paranoia is making us live our lives way differently these days than when you and i were were kids i don't know what it's going to be like when presley's old enough to trick-or-treat but they're already um in a lot of places they're starting to just kind of not do trick-or-treating and instead they just have something during the day like Mm -hmm. a little halloween party with like a block party Mm -hmm. during the day um i can get down with that too it's not a bad idea yeah it's not like the traditional thing. Well, it's not. Like, I mean, if like you're like, you can always create new traditions. Yeah. yeah, you can always create new traditions and have fun. It doesn't have to be. Oh, it's never been done like this. Like, yeah. you know, those people can shut the hell up. But the point, the point is, we have to be safe, but mm-hmm. we also can't scare ourselves into not living our lives exactly. anymore. So, you know, still check your kids' candy. Try not to be. Try not to live in fear. Um. And that is the tragic murder of Timothy O'Brien and the story of the Candyman. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, so I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell our episode's going to be about next week. I haven't thought about it yet, to be honest with you. But it's going to be Halloween themed. Yeah, we'll have to. We might. It might not be a true crime story. It might be something else, like spooky. Yeah, I think I can uh, cover some spooky legends. Spooky legends for Spooky mm, Black. Yeah. Spooky legends by Spooky Black. Do yourself a favor and Google Spooky Black on uh, Google Images. It's not even called Spooky Black. What's his anymore, name? But well, it'll still come up. No, it will. Google yeah. Spooky Black, and that is what Anthony looks like. That's pretty. That's pretty similar. Circa 2012. <laughs> pretty funny um anyways do you have anything to add um no i don't know i'll i'll try and cook up something good for next week in the next episode well bring it (laughs) (laughs) i will bring it already (laughs) all right guys um before we go we just want to say thanks so much for listening again we appreciate you so much and hopefully you enjoyed that this episode was not 90 minutes long. Woohoo, we did it. We just wanted to give you, like, some more shorter options. Totally. Uh, yeah, so I think this was good. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share this with your friends. You could follow us on Instagram or at it gets worse pod, P-O-D. We're on there. Um, and you could also, like I said, give us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. And, yeah awesome thank you so much for listening shout out to our patreons you guys are the best if you'd like to join our patreon community you can find us at www.patreon.com slash it gets worse all right send us your spooky stories (laughs) don't forget to be kind and take no shit bye guys see ya